Welcome to the Context Matters Podcast. I am your host, Cindy Parker. I am an educator, explorer, writer, and speaker. I enjoy gathering around the table with interesting people who have different life experiences from me. And then we get to talk about God, Bible, theology, and other tangentially related subjects. Your voice is always welcomed around this table. You can reach out to me and let me know what you're thinking about through my website, narrativeofplace.com. Some communities definitely know how to grieve well, and others of us avoid the wild tangle of emotions that arise from very painful times in life. And indeed, there are troubling events that are coming at us in a fast and furious way. There is international news and local crises, gun violence, economic hardship, and health issues. And when we gather together on Sundays, the cries of anguish and rage, whether for the individual or the community, seem counter to the North American version of Christianity. Although I really should qualify this because the African American church Church was birthed in a time of deep lament, and I think we have a lot to learn from them. The episodes I did on lament, the blues, and jazz are in season three, episodes seven through 12, and I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them. But if that African-American church is not your normal context, you may have experiences closer to mine in which, quite simply, The church is rather awkward with hard emotions, both our own individual ones and those of other people. And I do not exclude myself from that comment. But dealing with these troubling emotions are necessary. So this week, we are going to talk about biblical lament with Dr. May Young. She is an associate professor of biblical studies and the program director of biblical studies at Taylor University. She has written extensively on the subject of lament, an area of interest that arose from her own pain. Next week, we're going to wrestle with the Book of Lamentations, definitely not a book that we preach from very often. But today, we needed to cover some ground on the necessity of having prayers of lament in our lives. Let's start the conversation with where Dr. Young grew up and the events that led to her study of lament. I guess there was like a couple of reflections because I think there's certain things that I'm like conscious of. And I think there's certain things that I'm probably not as conscious of, probably in terms of having to do some reflection, even as a a minority and as a female and where my place is as a biblical scholar. There's some of that in there. I don't know if that so much shaped my view about God and his word, but more my role in that, like, you know, where do I fall as a female and as a minority, you know, especially not having too many examples that went before me. But I I don't know if it shaped, you know, how I viewed God per se, because I think my view of God has always been very positive because of my family upbringing and some of the things of that. But I think maybe myself and where I fit in as, you know, that's probably more of what I would say my context has helped me to grapple with or made me kind of think about. Did you grow up in a Christian family or did you come to faith a little bit later on in life? Um, I actually grew up in a, a Christian home. So my, I actually was born in Hong Kong and my parents immigrated when I was like an infant. 
So, and my father was already a Christian. My mom actually became a believer after coming to the United States. And so we started going to church ever since I was a kid. So pretty much from a, a Christian household. And my grandmother on my father's side was actually a believer and one who prayed a lot. So I think that influenced my view of God in the sense that he's accessible and that it's not something that, you know, we have to do it through the church. And, you know, she was not very theologically trained or anything of that. She came from China, you know, but she was just a woman who was always praying. So I think that gave me a context of how we can communicate and come before God. And so I think that shaped me in how I viewed God in some ways. Maybe in terms of the word of God, I would say my father was a lay leader in the church, but he had just a real hunger for God's word. So, and he was a sort of a bibliophile. So we had so many books in the home, <laughs> uh, but uh, one of his interests is really scripture. And he actually learned like Greek on his own, tried to learn some wow. Hebrew. And, yeah. So he would be, you know, spending a lot of time in God's word and different resources. So that actually modeled for me just the importance of really delving into God's word. So he would also sometimes speak at church and often did a lot of like translating for the speakers and things like that. So I think that kind of shaped me in terms of seeing you know, the importance of the word of God, the importance of understanding the word of God, even getting into the original language and seeing my father model that for me was really important, I guess. So even coming as an immigrant for him to to do that, that was very important and, and just a real good model. Was he welcomed in your church? Was it a Chinese church in the United States or was it like a white church somewhere? It was actually a Chinese church. So definitely welcomed. So that's probably why like his English skills were actually pretty good. So he was able to do a lot of more translating for other like Chinese speakers who probably weren't as skilled in their English skills. And so he was able to do some of that translation work. So, but it was primarily definitely a, a Chinese church. There was, you know, the Chinese speaking congregation as well as, you know, the English speaking side as well. So if he modeled for you really good biblical scholarship or just interest and persistence, what other influences did you have that pushed you towards studying Bible in college or post-grad or whenever you decided to really engage it seriously? I wouldn't say it's necessarily like an influence that kind of pushed me to that, but I think it was more of like the Lord doing a work in my own heart. I think I didn't really have, even though, you know, I took my faith seriously throughout high school, I think there was always a little bit of a reservation that I didn't necessarily want to go into the ministry or anything associated with the ministry per se. I felt like maybe, you know, my call was just to be like my father, like a lay person who is very involved in the church or something like that. But I went on a, a short-term missions trip in high school with YWAM, and we did some ministry down there in Mexico. And it was on that trip that I felt like the Lord kind of challenged me. And when I came back, one of my pastors, well, our main pastor, and by this time, I actually went to a different church than my parents. I went to a second-generation Asian-American church that was led by a man who was Caucasian, <laughs> uh, which was interesting, but he um, he had a sermon about, you know, where are you investing your life? And 
are you investing in eternal things or are you investing here on earth? And so I think that was a challenge for me because I, I felt like, you know, where, where am I really investing? And, you know, am I really giving God full access to whatever he's calling me to do? And if that is to go into the ministry, I think there was a, a fear in me that he's going to call me into the mission field. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yes. Um, but I had to, I think I had to surrender that. And I think that's what it was. I had to surrender and say, Lord, you know, if this is what you're calling me to do, if you want me to go into the mission field, then whatever you want. So. I was like, my life is yours. So I had to come to that place. And I think that's when I I came to that place. And I think that's when the Lord started revealing to me that he wanted me to actually go into seminary. And so that was really strange for me as a high school student (laughs) to actually, you know, uh, feel that. And so I took that seriously. And, you know, I I did tell my parents that I'm probably going to go to seminary after college. And so they were kind of like, okay, <laughs> they didn't know what to do with that. Cause I guess in the Asian community, it's not necessarily something to be aspiring for, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, which is fine. But, um, so, and I, and I, it, it sounds very strange now to say it, but I felt like at that time, the Lord was saying, and I want you to do a PhD. Yeah. And I, I really kept that very private because. It just seemed like ludicrous <laughs> coming from a, a teenager. And I didn't even know what area of, of uh, scholarship he wanted me to do a PhD in. But I just felt like he was like, why don't you go to seminary and I want you to do a PhD. And of course, there was definitely moments of doubt and definitely moments of like this. And so that's why I kept it very private, just because I didn't want, you know, and then people would be like, you know, what area? And I'd probably be like, I don't know. So right. <laughs> So, but I just, so I think God just revealed things like uh, one door at a time, but he gave me what he wanted me to do and that he filled in the details as I obeyed. It is amazing to me listening to you tell that story about how we tend to think a calling automatically means missions. Like we don't quite have the imagination to imagine maybe a calling can be to the academy. It always seems like a surprising off-ramp on the, the main freeway, which is to missions or to professional Christianity in the terms of being a pastor or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, so that was very shocking to me because I never felt the call to like being a pastor or into the ministry, which is really interesting. I never felt that. And, you know, even though I wrestled at the beginning with the missions call, <laughs> you know, that wasn't, I guess, what the Lord had in mind. And I had, but I think I, I think I had to come to a place where I was willing to surrender whatever it meant, you know, and I think that's what the Lord was trying to take me to. Like, are are you willing to do whatever I call you to do? And I think I had to come to that place. And the scariest thing was missions. (laughs) (laughs) Surrender that was (laughs) something I had to come to. (laughs) At what point did you start to feel drawn towards Old Testament text? Sure. I think probably when I started taking Hebrew, I just really loved the Hebrew language. And it was just something that gave me greater interest and even learning the original language and taking actually my Hebrew uh, beginning Hebrew class was, you know, a real joy. And I actually went to 
this is like, I went to see one of my, uh, my, my professor at that time, uh, who actually became my advisor later on for my PhD. I came to him and he was very, he was well known for being very difficult as an instructor in, in teaching. But I, when I wanted to learn the language, I wanted to learn it well. So, so I took him and I just happened to meet with him in his office. And I just, after taking that one first year, I, I, I just threw it out there just to see, I'm like, is there, can you see me doing a, a PhD in Old Testament? And if he would have he hesitated, I would have been like, okay, forget it. <laughs> but he, without hesitation, he's like, yes. And I was, that was such an encouragement to me. Wow. It just, it was just because I knew that he wasn't one who would be mincing words or just trying to encourage me when he didn't see any kind of potential really there. And I just knew who he was, his character, just his reputation. So that what he said and without hesitation really gave me the courage and, you know, the confidence to be able to pursue that further. So that was just really, really helpful. How did learning Hebrew, getting more into the Old Testament, pull you towards lament? Because a lot of what you've done professionally deals with laments, not just in Lamentations, but in Psalms and Habakkuk. Uh, you've focused on these really, really hard emotions. <laughs> so why? What what drew you into that? Well, it has to, this again comes probably more from more of a personal you know, situation in my life. I think I went through a time in my life that was really difficult where I almost like quit scholarship altogether in my, my MDiv days. And it was actually the dissolution of my marriage at that time due to unfaithfulness. And I was so broken as a person and I didn't know how to move forward. I just felt like my world had fallen apart. You know, when I heard the news, I, I just felt like I didn't know, I didn't know like what, what was next. You know, it was just, everything was just dark. It was so bad that like within like two weeks, I couldn't eat or sleep. I like lost 20 pounds. It was just a very traumatic time in my life. And all I could do at those moments was cry <laughs> and come before God in prayer and read the scripture. And I think when I was going through that time of emotional pain, like I realized how in the midst of my suffering, that even though things don't change, like sometimes like, you know, when we're going through suffering, we want that pain to go away, like in a day or two, or in a couple months, we want God to bring this kind of resolution. And that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for this time when all this stuff will just go away and it'll just be something, an afterthought or something that we had to go through. But while I was going through it, like, you know, nothing changed. Like circumstances were still the same. I was waking up and there, everything was, nothing was, you know, it didn't seem like at a, at a, you know, external level, like, you know, my circumstances were changing. It's just, how do I cope now? How do I move forward? How do I live my life? And how do I do this, you know, as a believer? And I felt like the church didn't really equip me to do that. Like when I was going through that, I was like, how do I do this? I don't, I didn't ever felt like everybody, anybody ever talked about that. I felt like people always talked about how they went through dark times and then they overcame. And then 
I'm just like, well, it doesn't seem like I'm be overcoming anytime soon. Right. <laughs> and I just like, <laughs> so I was like, how do I move forward? How do I do this? How do I grieve? How do I come before God? How do I find that God is enough? How do I find that he is what I need? How do I be honest with my pain? How do I deal with these emotions? How do I heal? How do I move forward? And I think walking through that with God and finding that he was like the rock that, you know, that I was looking for, that I, that I had no, no, everything just seemed like, you know, so unstable in my life and that God was a solid rock and that I was able to find that through lament and through just spending time, like praying, grieving, reading his word, being honest, dealing with my emotions, reflecting, talking, you know, that really helped me to be able to move forward. And so when I came out of that, I'm like, you know what? I would like to be able to get into this, to be able to talk about it in the church, to help, to help others, you know, to help people who, you know, are going through that. Like, what do you do? Because too many times people will come and say, I tried that Christianity thing. And you know what, when I was going through a hard time, it just didn't work or, you know, and then they walk away and it's like, but that's not what it's about. And what does it mean? to walk through grief and pain and then and then coming to realize in studying laments there's more laments in the psalms than there are praises you know and that god knows that our life is probably more full with trouble than with the good times that we're always you know there's a lot of things that we have to walk through and that we grieve but you know are we really dealing with those emotions or are we just sort of sidestepping them because they're they're not paralyzing they're not bringing us to a point where we can't function anymore, but there's just something that we could just move forward and do life, but we're not really ever really dealing with, you know, pains or we're never really dealing with, you know, sorrow or we're not really dealing or, you know, we kind of put like a timeline on ourselves or on others that that's it. You know, you just, the shorter, the better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's just get over it, you know, but that's probably where, you know, for me that, that interest came in just from our personal struggles and then finding that, that the Lord is enough and that he's good enough and that scripture is there to help us to realize that we can be honest and we can work through it. And God wants us to work through our pain and God wants us to be real and raw at times, you know? And I think that's something you don't really, I never heard that in the church. I never heard that growing up. You know, I almost, it was almost always just, you know, let's consider it all joy. Not that we don't, but there's also a process that brings us to that place that we can. When Dr. Young says that God wants us to be real and raw, I immediately thought of the prayers in the Bible that come out of pain. After all, we yell, ouch, or something more dramatic, when we get hurt physically. And these prayers of lament are the spiritual equivalent of that. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you may remember a conversation I have with Dr. Ellen Davis about the Psalms of Lament. They are very common in the Book of Psalms. There are individual and communal laments, and they lack specificity. The prayer may say something like, My foes are many, 
So, obviously, the writer's in some sort of trouble. But we have no access to the particulars of the individual situation. And in this way, the Psalms are fundamentally reusable for all of us in all kinds of situations. I asked Dr. Young if she had the vocabulary of lament when she was going through this hard time of life, or if these terms and concepts came later as she became more familiar with the Psalms of lament, or just realizing that lament is a whole genre in the biblical text. No, I did not have the vocabulary at the time that I was going through that. I think I just came to realize that when I just started doing a little bit more delving into this area. And that realizing it was a genre, I didn't know there was just a lot of things I didn't even understand because I I didn't I didn't have the teaching on it, so it was just more of crying, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> reading scripture, <laughs> looking through the Psalms, asking God questions, <laughs> practicing it, but not realizing that I was practicing right. it. Yeah, there are times that. Like even when it comes to the imprecatory psalms, which sometimes mm-hmm. are a bit of a lament, but with a little fierce anger <laughs> thrown sure. into it, uh-huh. and I I have felt so often that so many times in my life would have been well served knowing those were present in the Bible uh, when sure. I felt betrayed by a friend yeah. or a colleague like went through a really bad period of time that it's like, okay, here are the words that can help you speak forth what you're feeling. Cause I just feel all this like ball of emotional energy (laughs) and it's hard to put words on it and explain it to other people. And I'd love to be like, just go read Psalm 126. That's (laughs) what I feel. (laughs) You know, it's funny because even in my research on like lament and um, even dealing with like psychology like you know you really actually have to know how to articulate Mm. your pain to actually be able to move forward in healing to deal with the issues because kind of like what you're saying like sometimes it's just we get to a place like we don't even know what we're feeling we just feel this emotion something just feels off or we're just angry or we don't know why or we're just sad and we don't know why (laughs) you know but I think it's important for us to actually spend that time in reflection and even coming back and you know maybe this is where you know on a more secular level where therapy comes in for people to actually come in like why are you feeling those emotions and getting to that bottom of that so that you can actually deal with it instead of just saying, I just feel sad. You know, sometimes you have to start there. Sometimes you start there. Like, I feel angry. I feel sad. But you have to, like, do that hard work of what is this? What What's what's this stemming from? And what's that anger? Is there anger that you have to release? Is there something that you have to give to the Lord? Is there a, an insecurity or something that you're trying to find your value in? But, like, if we don't do that hard work, sometimes it's just we just stay, you know, from just dealing with more of the surface emotions. And then next time it's going to come back up again, you know, and you don't even know why. And it's just piling on top of things. Oh, it's hard to talk about these things because there's no quick fix. And maybe you are like me and you start to get angry that emotions are sticky and don't go away. No matter how much you will them away. Well, next week, we are going to venture into the book of Lamentations. There are enemies, destroyed cities, a national crisis, and physical manifestations of pain. It is a book definitely not talked about on Sunday mornings. 
but it is a book that might give us the right kind of vocabulary to deal with hardship. This week, I am pleased to thank Sandy Cole and Pastor Jack for making this episode possible. They are part of my Patreon team who has stepped up and they contribute to making this project sustainable in this new year. I cannot do this without my team, so thank you. By the way, I am getting ready to go back to Israel, so if you want to join this amazing team and receive a postcard or spices from Israel, there is a link in the episode notes. Also, I am heading to Indianapolis on February 15th and the Boston area at the end of April and the Monterey Bay area in May. If you are interested in finding out more about those events and teachings, you can find information on my website, narrativeofplace.com, and the information is under the events tab. I would love to meet you in person. I produced this episode. Luke Bronner of Milieu Media Group did the edits and the final mix, and Peter Lordson of Sycamore Sound created the music. It is good to be with you, and I look forward to our conversation next week, even though we're going to talk about lament. Until then, be safe, take care of each other, and stay curious about the world around you. 